Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance, countenance of his friend. And I don't know, a few years ago I just had the thought of the idea of doing something like this. And it's redundant, but I've asked the people that sit up here every time, don't make this like you're preaching. I want you to make this like a couple of you sitting down at Starbucks and one of you is hungry to know more about the Word of God and, and the other is teaching them. It should be by the time we're done tonight, iron sharpening iron. So that, so that the Word of God can take a little deeper root in my mind and in my soul and in my life. You don't have to be a theologian to meet somebody at the coffee shop and teach them about the Lord Jesus. You just have to have a willing heart. Nowhere to go once in a while in the Bible. That's, that's helpful. That is helpful. But this is iron sharpening iron as a man would sharpen it, the countenance, the mind, the outlook of a friend. You don't beat your friends down. You encourage them, don't you? You don't go up to your friends and say, I, that just looks tacky on you tonight. Sorry. No, you don't. Had someone ask me, a church member, many years ago, I was talking about, you know, learning when it's acceptable to not be 100% transparent. He's going, are you trying to tell me to lie, Pastor Heron? I said, listen, if someone goes out of their way and makes you breakfast and the eggs are not perfect like you want, you do not have the right to say, the eggs were a little, you know, not like I like. So you do whatever you call it and say, those eggs are the best eggs I've ever had in my life. If you had to stomach them and force them down, you got no right to be completely honest and hurt somebody's feelings who's trying to help you or be a blessing to you. Don't even bother knocking on my door tonight, all right? Not if you want to, not if you want to question me, tell them it's okay to lie. You know what I'm saying tonight. If you're paying for that that stake, and it's not like you want. You have every right to send it back. But when someone gifts you, a friend does something for you. You compliment them. You thank them. You lift them up. That's what he's talking about. So a man uplifts the countenance, the mindset, the attitude, the outlook of someone that he calls a friend. That's what we're here to do tonight. Let's, let's uh, bypass the last chorus, if you would not mind, please. And we'll go right with the uh, contest contestants. <laughs> no, I have not been watching TV, I promise you. Come on down. And thank you, Brother Josh. I appreciate that. Sister Jen, Sister Dakota. Oh, paybacks are going to be good tonight. Sister Haley. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pretty sure everybody, well, let me get this important business out of the way before we get into the word of the Lord. We had a visitor's contest Sunday, and uh, Sister Jen Tomes brought the most visitors. And can you give me a picture? Can you assist me with mine, please?
appreciate people working for the kingdom of God. I know everybody has these types of thoughts occasionally, uh, you know, things that either you are happy in your past or something you may be unhappy about from your past, things like what would have happened in my life had I have actually accepted that raise or turned down that job offer? What if I had not bought this house? What if I had not committed to this big note and I'm not beating anybody up for being in debt? That's not, our, that's not what we do here, all right? You've got you to live the life that you want to live and take care of your responsibilities, and I just say, God bless you. Praise the Lord. I, but sometimes I look at things in my life and say, I'm really happy I made that decision. I'm glad because I know the outcome of that, the result of that decision, is, has been a blessing to me. But there are other things in my life I look at, mm, I, I just wonder, did I make a, a hasty decision? Did I not pray about this enough? Did I, did I give in to the pressure of making such a decision? I used the analogy a week or so ago with you that sometimes uh, I have to make a decision and I know it's going to make you happy even though I don't feel good about it. And nothing, nothing's in my mind. I'm just being random here. But I know it's not going to be the popular decision if I go the way I feel, but it'll make many people happy if I go against my own feelings. And I've done it both ways over the years. Sometimes I just go ahead with the flow and try to make people happy. And occasionally I've done that and regretted it. And initially I resent you for pressuring me. Just telling you how life is. Eventually, I, I look at my own self in the mirror and go, no, it really wasn't them. It was me for not having the guts to stand up and just make the right decision. But, you know, you just get to where you hate being the chicken that jumps on every mosquito that flies by. Mm okay. It's okay in life when you look at those things you've decided and it went well, it turned out good. It's okay to kind of pump yourself up, to testify about things to yourself. I'm glad I chose to do that. I'm glad I chose to, to befriend that person. I'm glad I chose to put my feelings down and make it to the house of God on a Wednesday night. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad. I don't need a pat on the back from anybody. I'm just saying it's okay once in a while to tell yourself, good job, you made a good decision on that one. Well, this is what the writer said in Psalm 94, verse 17 and 18. You've got the scriptures. Where are you tonight? Wow. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. One more time. Unless the Lord had been my help, you may see that scripture differently, but to me that means, you know, when I needed him the most, I was about to make a bad decision. I was about to go the wrong way in life or, or in, in my profession or whatever it might have been. Unless the Lord had stepped in and helped me. Anybody ever think like that? I'm glad God stepped in and took over my decision-making processes. Sometimes, I've told you this before, sometimes it's good to pray words like this. God, would you help me against me? Because sometimes I make decisions that just want to, I'm just trying to please the flesh. 
Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slippeth, verse 18, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. The old song said, if it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? I'm so glad the Lord saved me. Hallelujah. I don't know that if it's acceptable to you or not to put it this way, but on the Sea of Galilee, when the apostles, the disciples were in the boat and the waves were rocking and the winds were blowing, one translation says, and Jesus would have passed them by. Had they not cried out, he knew they were in the storm. He knew they couldn't control the problem going on in their life. He knew they couldn't fix what was wrong. And the Bible said he would have passed them So can I say tonight that if you're in a storm in life or someone smarter than I said, life is always one of three things. You're either heading for a storm, you're in a storm, or you just left a storm. That's so true. That's so true. I'm not trying to be negative. But whatever storms you're dealing with in life, go through it alone. Why, go, why let him just pass on by and him get the idea they're all right, they can make it, they're not calling out to me. My, my thought tonight to, for the ladies is this. I'm going to just make a sentence or a statement and you just finish it. If it not, were not for the Lord in my life, I dot, dot, dot. If it were not for the Lord stepping into my life, into my home, into my relationships, into my testimony, into my experiences, I. Well, he took half my notes, but that's all right. Maybe it needs to be repeated. That's okay. Another way that he had said that to me is if it hadn't been for Jesus. So I'm, I'm going to repeat that a couple times, and, and it's just, just think about that. If it hadn't been for Jesus, and I read those verses that Pastor gave us in the CEB version, and um, I have Brother Scott putting it up. It says, if the Lord hadn't helped me, I would live instantly in total silence. I don't know about you, but if there's total silence in my house, that means not, not anything good. So it says, I would live in total silence. That, that's a little scary. The closer to I, closest thing I could think of in total silence is maybe hiking up on a mountain by yourself. There's total stillness. But still, I have that voice, that voice of truth that we've been talking about. And I'm just like, man, if he hadn't helped me, would there be any, any voice? If I don't reach out to him, is there a voice that I would hear up there? Or would it be clear silence? And that's that's a little scary. And in the verse 18, it says, whenever I feel my foot slipping, your faithful love steadies me, Lord. I like that in that it says, if my foot was slipping, not that you've already fallen, but just slipping and his love and his mercy holds us up. So when I'm making a mistake that maybe I'm not even sure is, is a mistake, if I'm slipping spiritually or I'm slipping emotionally, God's already there holding you up because if you're faithful to him he's going to bless you and i'm just thankful that he's always been there even when i'm falling when i don't know it 
I've grown up in church. I'm sure a lot of you know that. And it's become just second nature to me to be faithful to church, to be dedicated, to have a relationship with God, and to be here day in and day out as, as much as possible. And I've seen people come and go many times. And sometimes I wonder, well, why did that happen? It hasn't happened to me. But I know that, there was a, that there's a small difference. Some people leave very quickly. And maybe it's because they don't, they're in a storm, like Pastor's talking about. Maybe they've lost someone. Maybe they've had a health situation that they said, I didn't deserve this, God. Peace out. You know, I'm out of here. Why? And then there's others that might be slipping and fading slowly. When you're on the fence, as in the Bible it says, when you're cold, when you're lukewarm, though, that is the most dangerous spot. So when you're just floating in and out and you're slipping away so slowly, inch by inch, it's a little easier to not be here for another service. It's a little easier to skip this day or that day or I don't need to go to prayer meeting or I'm too tired to go to church. And they, they just let the world consume them little by little. But it could have happened to me, yes. But if it hadn't been for Jesus, if it hadn't been for him and who he placed in my life, he placed mentors in my life and friends in my life that could speak wisdom, who could speak love and upliftingness through those hard times and through questionable times. But I surrounded myself with people who would lift me up, who would point me to Jesus when I said, why? Why does this need to be this? If I decided to question anything that I was brought up in, I had people speaking life into my situations. And so I just always had a relationship with God, and I knew that that was an important thing. And I've never looked back and said, man, I regret every single time my parents dragged me to church pretty much every single day of the week when we were growing up. We were a much smaller church, and we had something every single night. We had two services on Sunday. There was prayer meetings. There was Bible studies. And I never questioned why. I never said, I don't want to go, that I can remember. My dad might say something else. But it was something that it has become second nature to be here. And I know that that is a difference. So if you feel that maybe something in your life isn't going the way that you want it to or something hasn't come to fruition, see how much time you're spending in church. See how much time you're spending with the Lord. Because being surrounded by, by people of like faith who can lift you up when all hell is breaking loose in your life and when everything is coming your way and you don't know what to do, it's not God punishing you that I know of. It says in the Bible there will be trying times, but also the world. The world is going to come at you. We live in an insane world, but it doesn't mean to just walk out on God. Build your faith up. Be, surround yourself with people of like faith. And I've never regretted that. So look back, if you've been in church for any length of time, Really think back, man, I could have spent my Sundays doing something else every single Sunday, and it would have made my life better. I, I'll give you money if you say that that's true in your life, because trust me, he blesses you for staying consistent. Hallelujah. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been any better. I, I couldn't ask. It doesn't matter what I go through. I couldn't ask for anything better. He has been too good to me to turn my back on him now. If it hadn't been for Jesus, 
Hallelujah. And how he spoke, and also in Psalms 121, verse 2, it says, My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. When I call on his name through anything, through any situation, there's power behind that name. He made the heavens and the earth. He is on your side. He's holding you up. And I also had linked that song, If It Hadn't Been For Jesus, Where Would I Be? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. But he didn't just save me and leave me alone to do life on my own. That's not what he did. He will never leave me. He will never leave you. He will never forsake me. He will never forsake you. So just turn to just what you know and just dedicate to being here and surrounding yourself with people who are good, who are faithful, and who will uplift you. Amen. And I know it was crystal clear, and I don't need to uh, remark there, but because I want to say something else, I will. The, the silence he's refer- referencing in Psalm 94, 17 isn't this tranquility of a mountainside, and I know you weren't suggesting that, but it's the silence being the absence of the voice of God in our life. That's a silence, as you said, that is frightening. And, and as I was talking with Sister Sharon tonight before service, she'd related something to me, and I told her about a story when we were evangelizing. We were, I was staying in this house, and there was a little field with about waist-high grass, and there was another house on the other side of that field, and I was going over there to visit with those folks and just wasn't thinking about anything except whatever I was going to talk to him about. And again, in Tennessee, I was where I was, in waist-high grass, and there's all kind of nasty critters down there. And if, if I am an inch tall and looking at Brother Moore right now, God's voice spoke to me in my head as loud as I am with you, with you being with you. And all I heard was snake, and in literally, literally in mid-step. I, I literally stopped in mid-step, and there was a snake across that foot trail right there. And I don't know, all, all snakes are bad snakes to me, all right? What kind of snake was it, Pastor Henry? I don't know, it was a snake. And I heard that voice so loud and so clear. I know it sounds crazy and really hyper faith. That's not what it was. It was just a voice of God warning me. Oh, I'm glad it's not silent when I need him. I'm glad he's, he's crystal clear and loud. So when Pastor asked me if it had not been for Jesus, my voice was really loud too. All I had yelling in my ear was vanity, vanity. If it had not been for Jesus, I'd be out here chasing vanity. When I lived BC, um, not having been raised in any kind of any kind of church life, any kind of life, knowing that there was a God, but I was not an influence in my home whatsoever. Um, I found myself growing growing up really longing and desiring friendship. I wanted to be I wanted to be wanted. I wanted people to want to spend time with me. I wanted people to like me, and I wanted to do whatever it took to get people's approval because I just had this longing and this desire, and I didn't know where it came from. All I could think is, oh, I really want people to want to hang out with me. I really want people to want to be with me. And I found myself with that desire constantly changing who I was to meet their needs, to meet what they were. And that was not always a positive thing. More times than not, it was not a positive influence. 
and I would constantly change what I was wearing, the way I would look, how I would act, how I would respond to situations and even other people around me. And the more that I sat here and chased, chased, chased this desire, the more the world, for lack of better words, chewed me up and spit me out. The more hurt I had, the more lost I felt, the more worthless I felt. I never fulfilled that desire that was burning in my heart. And it, it took an Acts 238 experience here at these altars to finally find out what I had been searching for. It wasn't the world. It wasn't popularity. It wasn't even the friendships that I am so thankful that I have in this church. It's like Haley's saying, I have grown and surrounded myself with so many wonderful people in this church. And it was so funny because I look back and I think, man, those people that I was chasing in the world, all those groups, all those, just all those people, I know that they would never have been there for me. As soon as something would happen, they'd turn their backs, oh, we don't want nothing to do with that. We're walking away from this because I had it happen. But the people of God don't do that. This church has been here for my family more times than I can count and in more hard situations than I even want to remember. And you get that fulfillment that I was looking for because in all reality, I actually wasn't searching for popularity. I wasn't searching for these friends. I wasn't searching to fill that. I was searching to be fulfilled. And when I got that Acts 238 experience, and I continued to seek God, because, yeah, I had the Holy Ghost, finally, and, yeah, I finally got baptized, and God was really good to me, but it didn't necessarily get easier from there. As a matter of fact, there were some things that got a lot harder afterwards. But then, through those storms, through those trials, keeping my eyes on Jesus and on what he has done for me, I was able to grow. I was able to seek, and as you seek him, I, I don't remember the exact scripture, so I'm not quoting it right, but seek me, and all these things are going to be added to you. So where I had that depression, I now have joy. Where I had that anxiety and that fear and all those doubts and lies, I now have victory. I have peace that passes all understanding in my life and situations that should have literally tore my family apart. And here we are still sitting in these seats today. And I know if it had not been for Jesus that I would be out there still lost, still depressed, still searching, still hungry, but I don't have to live like that because God loves me. Because once you repent, once you get baptized, and once you keep seeking him, he hears you. Psalm 34.4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me. And I am a testament of that, of God delivering me time and time again as I continue to seek him. If I'm sitting across the table listening to the ladies tonight, I'm feeling their passion, feeling their sincerity, feeling their genuine, heartfelt, love for the, what they're saying, it is about being around the right people. So important, so important, so important. One of the first things that people do, and this is negative, but pardon me, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor, okay? One of the first things people do 
after they make a decision that they're going to follow that cold trail life. Been in the church on fire for God, it's, it's just repetitive. It's so repetitive. Every pastor can tell you this is the case. When they make that decision to, to go down that cold trail, they disconnect from people in the house of God. They disconnect from those people, Sister Haley, that have been in your life and said, no, don't think that way. It's time to go back to church. time to go to prayer meeting. Because everybody knows the people you hang around are great. They have great ability to influence you. And Sister, Car Sister Carla couldn't be more spot on. That is so true. Every one of us could mirror that and say, yep, I know what she's talking about. Always looking for more acceptance. This is iron sharpening his iron, all right? I'm imagining myself across the coffee table listening to these sisters, and they're telling me everything you're looking for in life. Everything you think you're going to get because you need, when you lose 10 more pounds or when you, when you put this kind of stuff on your body, everything you're looking for, it's empty. It's going to disappoint you every single time in life because Jesus is the only one that can really satisfy the longing of the soul. And it's just good to have people in your life Point you to Calvary every time. Point you to the Bible. Sister Tomes. Well, my question was posed a little bit different than um, that. I got, if it wasn't for the Lord in your life, dot, dot, dot. Well, that was easy. I'd be in jail. <laughs> no brainer. Um, but then I got thinking a little bit. You can't just leave it that, well, I'd be in jail. Um, but the truth is, I would be in jail. Um, most of you guys know uh, Trace's story, but you've never heard Jen's because it's just something I don't like to talk about. Um, Trace will run the aisles and he'll scream hallelujah and it's, it's all good. He can, you know, do that. That's fine. I'm a little bit more reserved. And the last thing I want to tell anybody is, yeah, I was jail. Trace was looking at 99. Jen was looking at 40. But see, it gets better than that because I didn't know who God was. I had no God in my life. Yeah, you know, everybody says that there's a God. And part of me believed, yeah, there was a God. But I was, I was brought up Catholic. So, you know, I was going to Sunday Mass with my grandparents and saying a couple Hail Marys, and it was good to go. I didn't know anything. And here I find myself locked up at... Highland, and I got no husband, I don't know where my kids are, and I got nobody to talk to, um, and my sister, TR, did a three-way phone call, and I was able to talk to Trace in jail after six weeks, and he said, hey, Jen, find yourself a Bible and start reading it, and I said, well, where? And he said, just, just start reading it. And I said, well, where? And he said, don't read Revelations. <laughs> I said, okay, great. So where did I start? I started in Psalms, and everything was great, and the Lord was going to fight for me. And it just was a spiral of, of everything happening. And so after four months, 
um, we walked in and the federal judge let me go. He released me on third party. And when you're in federal courts, you don't get released. You don't get released on third party. Um, So Lance brought me to church with him. And I sat in the back row. And I listened, and I would go, and by this time, I'm able to talk to Trace, and I'm telling him everything that I'm learning, and he's like, yeah, just keep going, just keep going. Well, 11 months later, he was released, and um, that's when I got baptized, the day he got out. And um, I was a little scared because I didn't want anybody seeing me get into a tank with an ankle monitor. What are they going to think of me? Um, But your pride kind of goes out the window when you get God in your life. And so um, you get in that tank and you come out new and you're reborn. Sixty days later, you want to talk about some chains being broken? We were being released from third party. And so all through this time, I'm saying... God, if you get me out, if you, if you make a way, nothing's going to stop me. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm living for you. I'm, I'm not going to miss a day of church. Um, I'm giving my life to you. I'm going to turn it over. You know, there's a saying that says uh, you don't know what you have until it's gone or something like that. I thought I had a pretty good life, B.C., but I'll tell you what. Since coming to Christ, my life is so much better. I have seen so many miracles. My, I have had relationships that have been just torn down and busted. Those people are sitting in church. I have seen my family come to church. I've seen them baptized. I've seen grandkids born in here. I tell you what. I tell you what, there is nothing you cannot do if you don't have the Lord in your life. So when you don't think, you know, he's out there and you don't know who he is, just start digging a little deeper. He'll come out to you. You'll see who he is. Oh, hallelujah. Goodness. Tell me there aren't people on the street every day that don't need to hear that right there. Now, listen, I I, I may not be the smartest guy in the room, but if you were raised in church or not raised in church. I appreciate you just being here, okay? I appreciate you just being here. But Jesus said, to whom much has been forgiven, the same loveth much. And I don't, how long have you folks been coming now? 12 years? About the same time for you guys? 32 years? How old are you, 39? Something like that. all this right here? 
there are people that need to hear. There are people that need to hear her testimony. That just because you've been in church all your life doesn't mean you have to be, you know, the bored person in the room, the bad preacher's kid, the, the one that breaks every rule. And just because you didn't know anything about God other than just general knowledge, someone out there, a lot of somebody's out there living just like you were living, Sister Carlisle, before the Lord. And somewhere in life they need to hear people like you, on their level, like Sister Jen, 12 years, but I, I just, I don't know that they've missed once in 12 years. Am I wrong? You missed four times? Four days in 12 years. That's a pretty good record right there, brother. That's a phenomenal record. That is a phenomenal record. We're on Facebook, correct? Brother, if you're on there and you disapprove of what I'm about to say, uh, my humblest apologies, but your sister-in-law just gave me the, the right away, all right? So... Many of you know, and, and getting to know Tiger and Alicia, they come and they sit in the back every Sunday. And uh, what was in the last year, he's diagnosed with cancer. Last six months, colon cancer, been through all kind of stuff. All kind of stuff. I'm going to abbreviate it and get to, I'll, uh, no, I'm just going to read it word for word so I don't uh, misuse or leverage anything to my benefit. Been in the hospital, went to see him, all kind of doctor's advice, everything gloom and doom, everything, this is the way you need to go. So he texts me yesterday, my info, they've been saying that there's a, a mass in my upper right lobe of my liver for a bit now. I believe I am healed. They always say differently. We still stand and believe on God's healing. Prayer hands. So short story, Pastor Herring, I had an MRI yesterday. This is yesterday. He texted me. I had an MRI yesterday and was checked, and we checked online my chart, and this is what it reads because they can't put in reports the word miracle. This is what it reads. One word, phenomenon. And then he jumps down and says, there, there is no abnormality or mass. If it had not been for Jesus, somebody, if it had not been for Jesus, if it had, oh, if it had not been for Jesus, if it had not been for Jesus, oh, somebody praise him tonight. If it hadn't been for the Lord in our life, stepping in, taking over, changing the circumstances, changing our outlook. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. If it had not been for Jesus, if it had not been for the Lord in my life, oh, precious God, precious God, precious God. Oh, bless his name.
Bless his name. Be seated, and we're going to finish right here. This has really been an example of iron sharpening iron tonight. The best tool you have when you're witnessing is your personal testimony. It's better than you relating Sister Jen's testimony. It's better than you relating his testimony. Your own, what God has done for you. If it hadn't been for the Lord in your life, Brother Rob, if it hadn't been for the Lord in your life, Brother Wes, if it hadn't been for the Lord in your life, bro, oh, we owe him a great debt of gratitude tonight. We have just enough time. It's five minutes till eight. For one or two comments, how about in this section over here, anybody? If it related to, if it had not been the Lord, please. Anyone over here? <clears throat> anybody in the middle section want to say something? Has the Lord been good to you? Those deals we used to do, those crazy things we used to do, hadn't been for the Lord in our life. If you haven't heard Sister Misty's personal testimony about meth addiction, you need to you need to just get her aside and say, talk to me a little bit about that. If it hadn't been for the Lord, she said, if you couldn't hear her in the back, she'd probably be dead tonight. Anybody? These aren't pre-coached. These are real folks. Anybody over here? So good. That's so good, brother. So good. What what a mighty God we serve. Who? Yes, ma'am. Glad you're not homeless tonight. We had a phone call recently from somebody that was looking for help there on the street. Home. It's probably been a month ago now. And uh, went looking for him. And I just thought, man, how do people survive? How do they... I get cold walking to the car. Living in cardboard boxes, laying under bridges. God, help our homeless community tonight in the name of Jesus. People out there, God, that need a touch from you, need help from you, need direction from you, need, need a handout to stay warm in their life, God, help them tonight. We ask you, Jesus' mighty name. Somebody in this section here? Yes, ma'am. That's precious. And the, I, whatever jail cell you occupied, I believe the Lord knew right where you were. Right where you were and what you needed. Hallelujah.
So when you see the man up here shouting and dancing, you're never going to hear me apologize for that, man. Yeah. You're facing 40 years or 99 years. Yeah. You have a reason to shout. It is, it is a little bit alarming to a pastor, to, to a family member or anything, but especially to, to a pastor, when you see people that have been raised in church. And sometimes, Brother West, they can be the hardest ones to reach. Been through everything, heard the best preaching, been through the most fiery services. And sometimes it's easy to become callous to that because we're human. And not implying you have, but I am saying that people, Brother Rob, raised in church, does not mean that your ticket is purchased already. You've got to fight the good fight of faith, brother. Just like the God. I, I got to tell this story, and I, I know I have before, but, but uh, you know, something when you're about ready to baptize people, I've heard some strange things said to me. And my own cousin, I baptized him over there years and years and years ago, and he had a bad habit, a bad carnal, sinful, uh, addictive habit. And I'd been giving him Bible study, talking to him just night after night. All right, I'm ready to get baptized. And I'm, I got him. I said, all right, Clinton, I'm just ready to put him under the water. He goes, we're cousin. He called me Ronnie. He said, Ronnie, wait, wait. I said, Have you even heard a word I said about repentance at all? But anyway, the day we baptized Brother Trace, baptized him, he came forward, and he had a typical button-down shirt. And uh, in the old sanctuary, I asked him about, it's your day, you're ready, and I remember. I took that shirt, and he went, and buttons were like, T-shirt on underneath, obviously. He was like, been waiting for you to ask me, Pastor Herring. Let's go. I appreciate people that are serious about living for God, as you are tonight. You take it seriously, and I appreciate that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't fight this wind out there if you weren't serious about living for God. You ever have thoughts like this? Had it not been for the Lord? Ephesians 5.12 tells us, if you're a note taker, that you should never revel or even discuss things you used to do in the dark. You hear some people that are like, Oh, God save me. I, I close the bars down every night. They got an arrogance about it. They haven't repented. They're proud of who they used to be. When Paul said we should be ashamed of what we used to be. We've come out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't want to go back. I have no intentions of going back. Let's stand together tonight. Thank you, Lord. If it hadn't been for Jesus, 
Where would I be? I'm so glad the Lord saved me. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me.